0: everyone, welcome to the D-Group Leader Podcast. My name is Chris McLaughlin. I'm the discipleship pastor here at Stones Crossing Church, and I'm so glad you joined us for today's episode. This is episode 19, and we're going to be talking about using your D-Group to spread the gospel. This is just part one of this discussion, uh, which we will continue on the next episode as well. Before we get into that topic though, I do want to let you guys know. Uh, listen, if you're if you're a D-group leader here at Stone's Crossing Church, we really would love for you to go through our D Group Leader workshop. The D Group Leader Workshop is something that we're offering this fall. It's gonna happen on Sunday mornings here at church and uh, during the 11 o'clock service. And oh man, um, we 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 did this last fall, it was so good. We had about um we had about 16 people go through this study and um, Every single person benefited from the study. I think I think what it does is it sharpens us and makes us better D Group leaders and gives us some direction as to what we're supposed to be doing as D group leaders. And so I really want to encourage you to uh, to be a part of it this fall. Make some room in your life. do that go to church first service and then come to the study second service Um, it begins on sunday september 8th and it runs for 10 straight weeks but man i would love for you to be a part of it this fall so uh in the email this week there's going to be a registration link go ahead and click on that and sign up for the study this fall well let's get into our topic about using our d group to spread the gospel and um I think this is a really interesting one because a lot of times we don't think about our groups as being very evangelistic or being very outreach focused. Um, sometimes uh, very often I think when we think of small group or small group ministry, we think about um, actually just kind of supporting one another. Uh, sometimes we have more of a community type of aspect to it that, that, that's in our mind about this. or. Um, Uh, Sometimes it's just about, hey, we just want to strengthen each other in in the Word. And I think all of those things are good things. Absolutely. We want to to grow uh, in the gospel. We want to grow personally. That should be one of our goals. Um, I think community, we've talked about this, is a natural result of that as we do that growing together. However, we should also have a second goal in mind. And this goal should be to spread the gospel outside the group. And this is very often neglected. See, um, I, I think I think so often what happens is is our groups become very introverted. Uh, what I mean by that is that we, we, we have a tendency for our groups to become, sometimes I think just emotional support groups, you know, where we, people come in and they've got problems in their life and we want to talk about them and point people to truth through that and pray for one another and things like that. And all that is really important. Um, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to like not do that because those things are are important. But these problems that people have, um, they have a tendency to set the group's agenda, uh, that people come in, they talk about the problems, and we end up missing the lesson that we have planned <laughs> because we need to talk about what's going on in people's lives like that. Um, so... So here's the thing. I think what we need to do is we need to look at why is it that we need to have uh, spreading the gospel itself as part of our goal um, as a group, and I think this is really clear from Scripture. Uh, so if you if you have your Bible, um, you can flip over to Colossians chapter uh, chapter one. Now I want to I want to look at a couple passages from Colossians today. So right at the very beginning, this is the introduction to the book of Colossians, chapter one, verse three. As it is also as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. So, what I want to point out here, what I think, is really interesting, is that that right from the very beginning, the Apostle Paul, talking to this church at at Colossae, that he's saying that God is working already, and He's working through the preaching of the gospel. He's working through. Um, how really the gospel is giving them the hope of heaven. It's it's giving the hope of heaven to its hearers, right? And that the gospel is bearing fruit and growing in their community and around the world. Now, if you jump down to Colossians chapter 4, um, and uh, I'll just start here at verse 2, uh, he's giving some commands, some instructions on what we're supposed to be doing as uh, as part of the church, right? So he says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God, listen to this, that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of time, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So he gives some instructions. He says, you know, we're to pray for gospel preachers, for people who are spreading the gospel. And honestly, I can see that happening in our groups. I mean, can you just imagine what your group would be like if the focus was on the preaching of the gospel in that way, where um, every single week you're coming together, talking about, okay, well, how... how did you get to preach the gospel this week? How did you get to tell someone the gospel this week? And that your prayer time is focused on, okay, well, let's just pray for that. Let's pray for that person. Um, let's let's pray for you that you'd be strengthened to be able to do that. Um, what a reflection of what's happening here in Colossians 4, and that can happen in your group. Um, the next thing that, that he talks about in verse 5 is that we're to be thoughtful about the relationships that we have with unbelievers. He's talking about evangelism, that we might, might have wisdom towards outsiders, is what he says, and that we make the best use of time. And then he says in verse six, to let your speech also, always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. That we're, we're, we're really supposed to be speaking graciously, but firmly about our Christian beliefs. So there's a couple obstacles that I think we have to overcome with our groups in this because um, not everybody (laughs) is going to be excited about this. There's going to be honestly um, two big things that we had to overcome. So the first is the introverted group idea. We should be proactive, I think, about changing this perspective uh, of the group. If if you have a group that's kind of introverted right now, and you're basically you're talking about problems in the group, and that seems to dominate the agenda of the group, it seems to dominate the prayer time and dominate the focus of what you're teaching. Um, you know, that's that's something that we do need to address. That's something that we do need to care for. In fact, in fact, one of the key things in our group should be to provide really what we talked about as the first line of defense of pastoral care. We need to care for those people in our group who are hurt and struggling and in need. But but we have to keep a bigger goal in mind because we don't want them to stay there. Um, this is the thing with, with a lot of groups is that sometimes the group ends up staying in that same place and they sort of, um, I think some people end up just sort of enjoying being in that same place, just kind of wallowing in that same sort of um, problem. We gotta move our people out of that. Uh, so we don't want them to stay there. The goal is to see each group member grow to the point where they're taking the gospel and they're taking it outside of the walls of your meeting space, and they're taking it to their families, and they're taking it to their workplaces, and they're taking it to their neighbors. So make that a goal for your group. I think I think that's the first thing to to, to the first big obstacle uh, to overcome. A couple ways you can do this. Uh, first of all, set that set that up as a rule uh, or part of the constitution of your group at the very beginning. Um, you know, as you guys are getting ready to start up again in the fall, maybe include that in uh, in, in sort of like how you're going to begin this group that that you want uh, you want the gospel to not just change them, but you want them to then take the gospel to others to change other people's lives as well, and make that a goal for your group. Weave it into your prayer time too. Uh, th- this could be huge. That uh, may- maybe one of the easiest things to do just to kind of start to plant that seed. Is that as you close in prayer at the end of the uh, at the end of your session, things like that, you can just weave it into the prayer time. That that this message that they've learned that they would be able to take this to others um, and start to plant that seed in them that this w- that this is something that they're not supposed to just keep for themselves, but to spread to other people. And then, um, a, 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 obviously, a great way to do this is that you have lessons that are bringing that same application. Uh, that the application of your lesson should come back to this idea in some way. Okay, so that first obstacle is the introverted group. The second obstacle that we may have to overcome, and this is a big one, um, and this is fear. Fear is a. Um, it, it's really going to be the biggest thing I think that you'll have to overcome with your group when it comes to this, and I think it 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 stifles the group in two ways. Um, first of all people become afraid because they don't know how other people are going to react to them. Uh, they don't know if when they tell someone the gospel if they're going to be rejected or not. And, and I think that this is where our theology becomes extremely helpful. The truth of it is, is that people are not Christians and people are far from God because of a spiritual problem. There's a heart problem at the core of it. Um, They can have all the right answers and all the right information, and they can still reject Christ because of the heart problem that lies uh, underneath it all. And so there's always going to be a tension, uh, tension between the children of God and those who are far from God. In fact, Jesus, he calls those who are far from God, he calls them children of the devil. (laughs) He does, and and there's a tension between, it's talked about all, all throughout scripture, this idea of how there's this enmity between those who are the children of God and the children of the devil. Jesus, in, in fact, tells us this himself in John 15. Uh, let me pull this up really quick, because I, I would love to just, just read this. So this is John 15, starting at verse 18, and he's explaining to his disciples how how the world is going to reject them. He says, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they kept my word, they would also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. So the theology there is is basically saying, look, as Christians, we should expect rejection. We should expect people to reject us. So do we need to be afraid of that? Not really, because at the end of the day, we should expect that. We should know that this is what's going to happen, and we should be ready for that. So, what does this mean for our group? I mean, honestly, we can train our group to understand that they should expect people who are far from God to hate them and reject them. For some people, this is going to be really difficult. If you got people pleasers in your in your group, or if you're a people pleaser um, like me, I'm kind of that way too. But we're gonna people like like that are we're, we're re- really we're gonna struggle with this. Because they, we don't want people to feel that way about us. But just remind the group that when we are rejected by people who are far from God, that they're not rejecting us. They're rejecting Christ. They're rejecting the one whom we represent. Okay? And bring, us, bring them back to that verse. This is John 15, verse 18 through 21. Bring them back to that verse and show them, look, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Christ. Okay, And then point them to the, to the solution. The only solution to this is the gospel. The gospel, uh, Romans 1, right, says that the gospel is the power of God for salvation for those who believe. And Romans, uh, another great passage too is Romans 10, 13 through 17, where it really talks about how, how the gospel is, is essential for bringing people to faith in Christ. And, 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 uh, and that it's our role. It's our role to go and tell other people, the message of the gospel so that they can can hear the gospel uh be freed by the spirit and then come to faith in christ so uh so that fear can be can really be quenched by just by just applying a little bit of good theology there here's the second fear that i think there is because the first fear is a fear that other people are going to reject them the second fear is that they don't really feel ready or equipped to tell other people the gospel and, and you know what we we hear this all the time Um, This is where I think training them to tell the gospel is really important. The first thing is that they just need to know the gospel. They can't tell the gospel if they don't know the gospel. And so make sure this is why, number one, the gospel is central to everything that we teach. Uh, We we need to make sure that the gospel is at the very forefront of what we teach week after week. If you want to really look at a good um, representation of the gospel, I, I always point people to 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 8. This is where Paul uh, tells us about the gospel that the gospel is um, that Jesus that he uh, that he died on the cross for our sins in accordance with the scriptures and that he rose from the dead in accordance with the scriptures and then he appeared to all of these people and um, and that that the, those core historic events uh, these things are the gospel so point people back to that reality then I would say do a study on it. Um, You know, you can do a study like Core Christianity by Michael Horton. That's one of those ones on there. Or Justified by Faith Alone is a good one. Um, So look at your curriculum list uh, and pick out a study that's that's really going to help people to understand the gospel and the implications of the gospel. So once they know the gospel, they need to know how to tell others about the gospel as well. And there's a D group that this summer, I, I, I was really excited about it. They, they, did a, they did a kind of an evangelism study on uh, how to share the gospel with other people, how to tell others the gospel, and they did it through telling their story. And I thought this was great. It's basically teaching, uh, they taught their group how to kind of put together a quick summary of their story where it was just three simple points. Uh, who were you before Christ? What did Christ do uh, to transform your life? And then who are you now after Christ? And by, by putting that story together, uh, right in the middle of that, you're going to see the gospel. You're going to see that this is, um, uh, this is what God did for me, that, that because he died on the cross for my sin, that I've been set free from the wrath of God. And, um, and now I'm a different person, (laughs) you know, we, we see that same story over and over again in the scriptures. Another passage that I love with this is, um, it's Galatians chapter two verses one through 10. Uh, that story in there is everybody's story. It's everybody's story. Uh, so I'd encourage you to go and check out those passages and do a study uh, on this with your group. Help your group to understand this. Um, there's a really great one on the list. At the, at the very end uh, There's uh, of the curriculum list, there's a study called Gospel-Shaped Outreach. And I would encourage you to check that one out um, as you're looking at a study for this fall. Well, we really just begun to scratch the surface on this topic. And uh, we're gonna dig into this a little bit more next week because I wanna give you some strategies for implementing spreading the gospel in your D group. And we're gonna talk about that next time on the D group leader podcast.